0: Welcome to Hope Anchors, everybody. I'm Johnny. And I'm Sean. And together we want to share the hope that anchors the very core of who we are to all that Jesus is. In
1: Hebrews 619, it reads, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure.
0: Are you wise? Uh, Beyond my years. (laughs) Hey, we are in a study going through James, and we've called this "My Tribe" because James is writing this, the scattered tribes of Jesus followers throughout the known world. And uh, one of the things that he gets into is wisdom, which is which is really cool because a lot of a lot of the things that I've heard about James' letter to the scattered tribes of Jesus followers is that this is a book of wisdom for the New Testament. Mm-hmm. That it it kind of reads like the proverbs of the new Testament and James sounds, especially in this section, a lot like what uh, King Solomon was telling his kids when uh, he really wanted them to gain wisdom and to do everything that they could do to gain wisdom. Uh, you know, count the cost, get after it, you know, continue to, to gain knowledge and wisdom, add to your understanding, add to your learning and just continue to learn. I think, I think too many times we, when we graduate from whether it's high school or college, we stop learning. Uh, maybe you're in a line of work where you have to, keep learning. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, maybe it's an orientation that you go through, or I know in, in your line of work, you're obviously educating there, people. There's always and,
1: continuing education. Just yeah. at any profession, there's continuing education. Um, and, and I really like this whole book of James because it, it, it does really read um, almost like a how to mm-hmm. like, okay, you, you have found Jesus. You believe in Jesus now, here is a how-to live like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Here's a how-to. I know we're scattered. This is a book that's written to the scattered Jews, but you also have to remember that these Jews have just found Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's why they're scattered. I mean, yes, they after Pentecost, they went back home to their various lands and everything else, but a lot of these uh, people have been kicked out of homes. They're mm-hmm. on their own. They're trying to figure these things out. It's like, Why do I feel so alone now that I have chosen to follow Jesus? It's no different than today's people that have chosen to follow Jesus. You've found out who Jesus was. You've seen it in other people. You wanted to be a part of it. So, okay, I'm going to choose to give my life to Jesus. I've given it to him. Now, how do I live like Jesus? And I think this, the book of James Lays things out. I love the way the first chapter was kind of like the table of contents, Mm -hmm. talked about little bits here and there as we go along. And then it's almost like um, you kind of wish that there was like, and we'll talk about this more in depth (laughs) later. (laughs) All right. And and this is just a part of it, the whole part of wisdom uh, that we're getting ready to get into in chapter three. Uh, It talks more about wisdom. And I know we had that conversation back in chapter one. And I think it's just. The preview and now here it comes because a lot a lot of believers, a lot of new believers, a lot of people that have been following in the faith for a long time will fall into this uh, part of where James is going to go in here.
0: And you know, I'd love for you to use your imagination in this, and and it's it's quite possible and it it's still kind of shocks both Sean and me where the podcast is going and who's listening, because maybe this is an imagination for you. Maybe this is exa- your life exactly. But now we have two wars that have displaced millions of people and they have had to scatter to different uh, parts of the country, maybe even to different countries because of the, uh, because of what's taking place. And just imagine yourself being that person, you know, you're you're not in your home anymore. You you've uh, you've had to run for your life. How would you receive these words? Um, but James begins by asking this question. He says, "Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom."
1: And and I think that's something that we we really try to do, and in really want to do. Um, and, and I think it's it's a way that we can reflect God's characters in everything that we do in our life. Hmm. Um, And it's not always easy. It's hard to, to be humble every single moment of our days. Um, I tell a lot of our new um, air traffic controllers when I teach them that there are more people that will help you and want you to be more successful, humble yourself to listen to what they have to say, to put that into practice Instead of thinking, you know what? I'll just learn this
0: as I go along, mm-hmm. um, and, and or I, even thinking that you know it, oh, and it's like I don't really need your opinion. I I know this stuff, you know. And, and I love the fact that
1: you and I, Johnny, have always stressed to people: get into your Bible, mm-hmm. get into this to, to gain the understanding. Uh, in the first chapter, it talks about you know, ask God for the wisdom, and He'll be more than happy to give what you need. Mm-hmm. Just ask. He's not gonna, you know, ask, make fun of you. He's not gonna mock you. He's gonna give you what you need if you just ask. Yeah, humble there, yourself to ask for that wisdom.
0: There was a fun link that I had. Um, there was something that my dad had taught me years ago, and, and I'm talking years ago. This is probably back when I was in college, but you know, there it, it was. He he talked about the Benjamin Franklin close. He talked about making decisions, especially big decisions, having the positives on one side, the negatives on another. And I kind of learned to, whenever I'm making a decision, it's not just about making a a decision flippantly, plus it's not just praying, but it's actually kind of doing what Solomon said. There was this uh, long list of things that he was telling his kids that they ought to do um, in terms of, you know, seeking understanding and knowledge and wisdom and applying themselves to learning. Uh, but yes, ask God. So, you know, there's this sense of it going both ways in terms of applying your heart to understand what you're going through or understand what somebody else is going through. You're going to do the investigative work uh, and, and and find all you need in order to make the wisest decision possible, but you're also making sure that you're doing this hand in hand with God, because as you know, we've we've seen just that. You know, wisdom comes from God, and um, that that knowledge of Him, that fear of Him, that kind of reverential awe of Him, is the start of where we need to find wisdom. Yeah.
1: So it's one thing to gain knowledge of God and who God is. And that's not a hard thing to do. Uh, there's a lot of people in this world that don't even believe in God, but they can acknowledge that there is a God. There is a God. So they have knowledge of God. Satan has great knowledge of God, uh, more knowledge than we'll ever have. But then there's the wisdom of God. And, and that's where the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us, the the, the gift that we have received that allows us to have that interpreter to where when we read God's words and we're reading it with God that we gain the wisdom from God. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the important part of being able to live an honorable life, to do good works with the humility That comes from wisdom because the good works that we do is not for ourselves, And this is where we're going to get into here with verse 14, because if we're just going to do works, just, just so we feel good about it, just so people will acknowledge who we are instead of doing the good works to express and acknowledge who God is. This is where verse 13 comes into big play because it says, but if you are bitterly, jealous, and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. And and I think a lot of times we do things, uh, even in our churches, uh, out and about, that we want, we're saying, oh, this is all for God. But do you see me doing it? it we're still bringing, we want the acknowledgement, mm-hmm. but we're just saying, oh, this is for God, but hey, Did you see me do this? How did I, did you hear me sing? How did you like my message? How do you like me? How do you like me? It's all about me, but I'm in the church doing it. So, you know, I'm out in the parking lot, parking cars. Did you see how the flow went today? Man, I did a great job doing all that. Instead of, you know, God's giving us this ability to do these things. And that's the humility. If we can humble ourselves to where it takes all the credit from me and gives it to God who deserves it, who earns it, who does it, who gives us these tasks to do, this is the this is where he's coming from on this.
0: And oh by the way, humility is going to come up in chapter four again. So just we'll talk more about this. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that next week.
1: And, And I think you know we see this in our own churches. And I think this is sometimes what gives churches a bad name because we see those people that are looking from the outside Looking in, and we see these people that are attending churches to hand out their business cards. Hey, let me be your realtor. Hey, let me do this, and it becomes more of a social club than it does, you know, a, a place of worship. Uh, and and I think I've seen that in other churches, and it's kind of interesting that you know here. And I just came to my mind thinking of the selfish ambitions. I'm I'm attending this church so I can get ahead in life, Mm. but it's not ahead in God's life or in God's world. It's ahead in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes when you talk about a list and you list out one side and you put your list to the other side, this world will offer you a whole bunch of stuff. And that list can be really, really long of all these things that you're going to receive, the accolades, the money, everything else. And what you're going to get on the other side for doing it for God will still outweigh it. Mm -hmm. If you're truly going to be humbled in what you're going to do, three things from God will outweigh a hundred things from this world. Mm -hmm. But you have to be willing to put yourself
0: on a shelf. Mm -hmm. I think one of the big reasons why we have to really watch what's going on on the inside, what we're thinking, what's going on in our heart is because, you know, what he says is that this bitter jealousy and this selfish ambition are, in the very core of who we are, and so he says, "Listen, don't don't cover it up. Um, if there's something going on deep inside, share that with God. Mm. It, this is almost like uh, uh, another call to repentance and confession. You know, it's like don't, don't cover up what's going on. Uncover it. Tell God what what you're feeling. You know, have you been hurt in some way? Is there a way that you continue to relate with someone that is more hurtful than helpful?" And so, you know, here, then he goes on and talks about this jealousy and selfishness are not a God's kind of wisdom. Right? These things are earthly, unspiritual, and just downright d- demonic. Demonic. I love that. I mean, it's like, hey. not pulling any punches here. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and every kind of evil. And you, you, you think of the selfishness that Satan himself exudes. You know, um, it's all about me and, you know, I want people to, uh, pay attention to me and not have the attention on God. And so, you know, that's, that's his biggest rebellion. And, and that, that same kind of, uh, jealousy and selfishness comes straight from there. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it does come from our own desires, something that chapter four is going to talk about, you know, why, why are we, uh, battling each other? It's because of what's going on deep down in our hearts. But there is also a sense that you know we have to watch how we're being influenced by um, the devil, um, by demonic activity, and just make make sure that you know you are you stay prayed up, you stay in the Word, and you fight together with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, be, you know because one of the things that Satan is going to Uh, do battle with, with you. Uh, It'll also be something that you will struggle with yourself uh, in your own flesh. It's just that selfishness and that jealousy and that bitterness. And it just, it can become very easy for us to be able to go down that road and, and not just, you know, stop it immediately.
1: I've heard a, a term balcony dweller or basement basement dweller. Hmm. And what this means is, are you the type of person that wants to lift up a person up to the balcony, lift them up to you, and put them on the same level as you. That way, lifting them up, lifting their spirits up, boasting about their successes, you know, boasting about what God is doing, and encouraging others, all right, giving them the accolades. When they do something really well, are you going to be the one that's going to reach down, lift them up, and tell them how great they did? Or, hey, you know what? you are seen i see you or you're going to be one of those people that's going to be in the basement and you just want to bring them down to you bring them down to your level bring them down you know hey i saw that you did this but guess what how oh, that's that, that was a good job but and just bringing them down you know pull them down to where now since you're not going to be since you're not the one that's elevated since you're not the one that's going to be above them bring them down to your level cuz you just can't stand for somebody to do something that you couldn't do mm-hmm. or they they achieved something that you couldn't achieve um, and just because they outperformed you. I mean, uh, we're, we're both athletes. Can you congratulate? Can you be a gracious loser? Can you be a gracious second place finisher? Mm-hmm. Can you be the gracious person that can acknowledge that somebody was just better than you today? Um, or. Do you bring them down and say, you know what? Yeah, you, you got me today, but you know, I was off. I was, this happened to me. You know, I, I hurt my back. I did this. And it was like, it turns around. It's all about you Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, Hey, you just did a great job. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. I mean, uh, what type of person are you? Are you want to lift somebody up or do you want to tear somebody down? Mm -hmm. And, And I think I see this in our workplaces. I see this in our churches sometimes. And I, and And I've even seen it in families. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it really hurts, is when you see it in families, that they can't be happy for you when you achieve something. It was a good accomplishment, but eh, you know what? You didn't do it on your own. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I I don't understand how people can sit around and talk about their faith and then do just that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's very frustrating to watch it it's very um i I don't know it it, it, it's it it is it's frustrating to me when i see this and and i've seen families torn apart because of it Mm -hmm. and it's it's just really kind of sad stop worrying about everybody else worry about your relationship with god but do it for god live your life
0: for God, not for accolades, not so you can be seen. So, before I read seventeen and eighteen, I just wanted to remind you that James is making the argument in three thirteen that if you are actually wise and understanding of God's ways, that it's going to show up in how you live, mm-hmm. and specifically in how you relate to other people. So it's, you know, a lot of times we think of the wise people around us. Oh, yeah, they, uh, they teach our classes. They teach in the university, that kind of thing. But, you know, James is making the, uh, this comment that, no, your, your wisdom shows up in how you relate with others. And so he says this, but the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and and the fruit of good deeds, it shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Hmm. And his words right here sound like he's taking it right out of his brother's uh, Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. You know. Uh, Blessed are the peacemakers, so they'll be called children of God in Matthew five nine. Blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. Matthew five five. Blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. Matthew five six. And so, you know, the the whole idea here is that you show that you are actually wise and understanding by how well you relate with other people. Are you living in purity? Are you do you love peace? Do you, do you make peace with other people? And sometimes that's hard to make peace, but you're doing it from uh, a position of love and you're not trying to keep peace at all costs. Um, but you're, you know, you're gentle, you're meek. Uh, the version that I've been reading out of, the First Nations version, um, I love how this reads. It says, but the wisdom that comes from the one above us all is first of all pure, peace-loving, gentle, full of mercy, and open to another's way of seeing and thinking. Mm. Are you open to another person's way of seeing and thinking?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. And I think that's where the planting of <laughs> seeds of peace um, come in. Are you willing to listen and see the other side of things? Mm-hmm. We don't have to agree on everything. It, it's just.
0: But a, can you disagree agreeably? Can
1: you disagree? I love that you. Uh, teach, when you teach uh, your marriage counseling classes on um, or premarital marriage counseling's of, you know, fighting you're and fair. fair. Yeah, but fighting fair. Yeah, it's not, it's you not, do not do if that. you fight,
0: but when and, and when you do fight, are you treating each other well? Um, yeah,
1: and, and this whole reap a harvest of righteousness, uh, how many times have we seen the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few? Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that want to see Christ, that want to see God, and sometimes the only way they're going to see that is through us. So if we're going to be humbled, if we're going to live a life of wisdom, uh, being wise in our decisions, this is how they're going to see that. Are we being merciful to others? Are we doing things that produce good fruit for God? are we doing what we need to do? And it's not because we have to do them. It's because we should want to do them. Mm. And, and I think this is where we really struggle sometimes. Um, We just got done talking a few episodes about favoritisms
0: Mm.
1: about, you know, don't show favoritisms just because somebody has money that doesn't, you know, they walk into your church. Don't give them a place at the front and the person that has nothing, you give them a place on the ground. Mm. Uh, You know, it's, it's being fair and wise to everybody. Um, and and I think this is just, I love this always sincere, Hmm. always sincere. Do you have, do you have that stranger that you see? Can you be just as nice to them as you would anybody else? And can you be humbled enough with your best friend to tell them, you know, when they're wrong, can you give them the accolades when they're right? Hmm. Uh, when you see people that are uh, that they they go on they go on vacations and you go man how did they go on that vacation how did where'd they come up with the money for this or where and you start wondering you know where and why and all this other stuff and saying man I hope you had a good time
0: mm-hmm.
1: did you have a good time that's awesome and, and that is that to me uh, I, I get more and more because there was a time where I'd see somebody that was on Facebook and they're posting their vacations and and there was some jealousy in me, Mm. man, how come I can't do that? Why can't instead of, Hey, I hope you're having a great time. Mm. It became about me. And over the years now I'm getting more and more into this and having that relationship with God. I look back and I see those things that God has given me, whether it be small or large and I become more appreciative The word now, since I can see that with my relationship with God, it allows me to be more appreciative of things that other people do, Um, you know, and it's just kind of fun. I mean, it's really kind of fun to live that kind of life. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. We think that sometimes following God, living a life like Jesus is, gosh, it's just so hard. It's, I got so much to do. I've got to follow this. I got to follow that rule. I got to do this. And it's really a lot of fun. (laughs) It really is fun to live like this because it's free. Mm -hmm. I am more free today being obedient to God than I ever was when I was obedient to Satan. Mm -hmm. And I was. There was a time where I was more obedient, listened to what Satan had to do because that I thought was fun. And it was for just a brief moment. But it was such great fun. I wanted more of that. So mm-hmm. I kept doing the wrong things, thinking that that was going to be it. Being a follower of Christ, doing the things that I can, gaining his wisdom has given me this freedom to where I love living my life more humbled than ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I stress that to people more and more be humbled in what you do. Mm-hmm allow God to just shine through. And it's a mentality. There's a lot of things to that. Uh, You know, in our own Bible study, I hear people talk about, I'm just not there yet. And it's okay. Don't beat yourself up over it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Just keep working on it. That's all God wants you to do is to continue to work on your relationship with him. So when you do ask, it's not an embarrassment that you're asking for help. Mm -hmm. God's thrilled that you're asking for help. Uh, you know, I tell some of my students, you know, sometimes the the only, the only bad question you can ever ask is the one you don't ask. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. And that's all God's ever saying is, just ask. It's okay.
0: Well, next week we'll be talking about uh, Chapter 4 and, and getting into the battles that we face. So I would encourage you to uh, read on ahead with that one. But we want to thank you so much for tracking with us so far through the book of James in this series. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Anchors. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 15, 4 for everything that was written in the past, including James, was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope.
1: And that is Johnny Ney's purpose, to give you something to anchor your hope to. So please, folks, whatever you do,
0: don't ever give up. Keep looking up and keep hope.